0: You've got George. You've got Tom. You've got, got another, another podcast coming.
1: coming. All right. So, George, tell us about what we're drinking
0: today. What are we drinking? We are drinking Cigar City Maduro Brown
1: Ale. And let me tell you something. This reminds me of a fine cigar. In a... <laughs> Now, it doesn't yeah. taste like a cigar because that would be fucking terrible. But it does give me the sense that, like, this is a really nice refined beer. It is. Now... I've been fortunate enough to visit the brewery Have you?
0: down in Tampa, Florida. I was staying in a hotel that was about a block walk from there, <laughs> which, is, which let me tell you, that was a great decision for me, I getting bet. home afterwards. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is a brown ale, and you love brown ales or you hate them. I they've love got them. a pretty specific flavor. I love them, too. This one tastes just nice and not sweet but not too overwhelming. Yeah. It's got a little bit of coffee and chocolate notes to mm. it. And the texture, just mm.
1: it's a nice full body. It's rich without being too heavy. And that's a tough balancing act mm. to pull off, honestly. Right. And listen,
0: I know that red wine is kind of the go-to for steak, but if you had to pair a beer with steak... Oh, hell yeah, it would is, be this. Yeah, and I can tell you that from experience. Oh, this, this is gonna a great flavor combination with a nice steak. You know if what you
1: partake. You know what I've got some steaks in the fridge. I might next time when I thaw them out, I might have to get me some of this. Yeah, and have it with my next steak. So. There you go, Tom. Oh yeah.
2: Takes another drink, two.
1: So George, what are we talking about today? So we've talked a lot of, on this show in the four episodes we've done about Priest as a heavy metal band. But did you know there was a time quite a span of time when Priest was in fact a rock band and a pretty damn good one.
0: Hey man, metal comes from rock. Certainly. In its beginnings and back in the day, there was no blueprint. There was no sort of typical metal sound Mm. because Priest were one of the first bands really doing it and this is a song from 1976 that we're talking about today. It's called Dreamer Deceiver.
1: Now, Dreamer Deceiver fucking slaps. Yes, it 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 does. It's such a good song. And this is the thing that, is so fascinating about this band is that no matter whatever they've been in, no matter what they've been doing, they've always given it their all. And Dreamer Deceiver is a perfect example yes. of that attitude.
0: I'm with you. And this is a song that is not a standard blueprint. It doesn't follow any sort of template or outline. It's more of a progressive, epic It's in two parts. The first song, the first track, rather, is called Dreamer Deceiver. The second track is Deceiver. For what it's worth, we just consider it one eight-and-a-half-minute song, yeah. and we're just going to refer to it as Dreamer Deceiver, the two-part epic as a whole, for just the sake of Mm. easier. And it's a lot more fun to say. It is more fun to say Dreamer
1: Deceiver. It does roll off the tongue very nicely. You know, this song... Definitely has a lot of the motifs of progressive rock of the day, I would say. For sure. You've got your soft acoustic intro, or I should say your clean intro, and Rob Halford comes in very softly, but they're setting up a mood, and they're really laying down the atmosphere with this song.
0: Took us by the hands and up we go. The song really knows how to just build momentum over time. It builds momentum because it starts with nothing but a soft guitar melody and smooth, sweet singing. It's eerie in a beautiful way, and it takes over a minute for the bass and drums to finally kick in.
1: But it's worth it. It is. It starts off with a very haunting melody, almost. Right. And then it very gradually picks up, sp- especially in Rob's vocal delivery. Yes, which he's really, really going through his range on this song.
0: By the time you hit the three-minute mark, you're hearing the real extreme end of what he can do on the high end of his vocal range.
1: Oh, yeah, man. I mean, we all know that Halford isn't a slouch, but I don't know that I've heard him... I don't know if he's really gotten a chance to really flex his vocal muscles as he does on this song. I think this really shows off his range in a way that... Not many other Priest songs let him. I am fully erect right now, just from hearing that scream. This is the kind of stuff
0: that got Rob Halford into the band... When Ian and KK first met Rob, they could tell that there was something, some sort of very unique talent right from the get go. Mm. And by the time 1976 rolls around, we're at Priest's second album, and we're already hearing Rob Halford do amazing things, mm. just as we still are.
1: To this day. And, you know, you really could not have bet on better odds than choosing Rob as your singer. If they ever had someone before him, or if they had someone else in mind, like, if they had chosen someone else, Priest as we know them today would not exist.
0: Right. And there's plenty that Priest is good at, and everyone in the band is quite talented, Mm. but there's no one else like Rob Halford, and you can't really overstate how important it is to have a great voice in your band if you want to hit it big.
1: Yeah, and I think Halford is truly inimitable. The man has a style and an aesthetic that is entirely his own, unique to him, and you can only ever be inspired by it, but you cannot ever replicate it. Well, we talk about the priest aesthetic, but
0: that's one part that didn't really exist back then. And this is exactly... Judas Priest didn't just... (laughs) Now, we're not just talking about priests before they defined a sound. It's also before they defined their image and their
1: look. Yeah, it's jarring to see videos of them from this time because, like, Halford is wearing his sister's blouse. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, like, K.K. Downing has a cowboy hat on. It is just so bizarre, but in like the most charming and elegant way. And if you don't know what we're talking about, then you
0: owe it to yourself to go on YouTube and check out the band's performance. 1975, they went on the British television show, The Old Grey Whistle Test, and played Dreamer Deceiver live and really knocked it out.
1: Just as a side note, what was the name of that program? The Old Grey Whistle Test? That's right. That is the most British thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. Isn't it, though? Oh, God. <laughs> that country, man, is... Uh, <laughs> ve- <laughs> they, they've, they've
0: certainly got a very unique culture, my friend. They really do. but it's, it's, it's very British. It's
1: very British, and it's very charming. <laughs> yes. It is. Uh, but the thing is... In spite of that, right. the song still slaps. And um, yeah. the band is still good. They're just not the metal band that we know of.
0: Yeah, and Dreamer or Deceiver, it might feel worlds apart from Breaking the Wall or any other priest hits that wouldn't be written for years to come. Mm. But metal was so new in the 1970s that there was infinite room to experiment There were no rules. Priests could do whatever they wanted as musicians, really, because no one could ever criticize them and say, oh, that's not metal, because they were the ones basically creating and shaping the entire genre. Metal was whatever Judas Priest said it was.
1: And that's the thing is that, like you said, there was no blueprint, but these guys were pioneers in heavy metal, And they laid a lot of the foundation for the bands that would come after them. Yes. And what is so cool about that is that there wasn't a blueprint, and you could just kind of do whatever you wanted. Sure.
0: Now, this is one of the earliest Priest songs, and it's also one of the most unique. It starts as a ballad and it morphs and, you know into what a the rager.
1: spirit of the band is still very much there in the deceiver half of the song for sure it's very aggressive and it still can get it still gets the blood pumping it's got a lot of energy
0: now we talked about rob's amazing vocals but i do think we need to just spend a second and give kk is due because Rob does take a break from all the screaming to let Glenn Tipton play a soulful and beautifully written solo.
1: imagine being a kid in the 70s smoking a big fat doobie and listening to that solo and tell imagine
0: me- being 30 years old in the year 2021 <laughs>
1: and smoking a big fat joint listening to that See, I like that. Dude, I might do that after we're done here, honestly. I might just do that. Oh, my God, man. And that is classic Tipton right there with that beautiful melody at the end. It's riff. It's a riff in its own right. And it sticks with you long after the song is over, I would say. I can still hear it ringing in my head. It's a really
0: vivid guitar little piece right there. And not to just overrated or be hyperbolic but i get sort of the same kind of feeling listening to that that i get when i'm listening to stairway to heaven Mm. just the way the guitar is played with so much soul Mm. in it it's hard to sort of achieve that emotion in that Mm. guitar playing Mm. and i think he
1: pulls it off a hundred percent and the thing is tipton has always been the more soulful of the two players i would say like K.K. KK is more of the chaos. Yes, he is a guitarist of immense technical ability. Um, Tipton is definitely the guy that has the more soulful melodies. And, you know, one thing about Priest is they have never, ever been trend chasers or hacks. This is still very much Priest, and it's still authentic. And there's so much raw emotion poured into this song. It's true.
0: After you get that beautiful Glenn Tipton piece, then the first part of this combined two-part track, whatever you want to call it, it climaxes with Rob Halford unleashing raw, primal screams for thirty seconds. Give it. To at me. that point, you're probably climaxing too. <laughs> And it doesn't let up. It weeds right into the second track of the combined song, Deceiver. And now you're getting into this later half of the epic
1: with a riff that sounds sort of like Black Sabbath, but amped up a little bit. It's like proto-metal, in a sense. There's definitely a lot of aggression in that. It's just not aggression in the metal sense of the word. Again, they weren't really a metal band. Very early metal. Exactly. They were going off more of like the musical archetypes of the time. And at this time, you know,
0: you have to imagine... This is something that probably still sounded pretty
1: unique. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, i got to be honest, it sounds unique today. I've never heard anything like this. I mean, at least in my own personal experience. Yeah, this and tr- it sure doesn't sound like Painkiller. No, it doesn't, but again, the spirit of the band is still very much there. Right, like, and you, yeah.
0: I think that, just like we always talk about, Rob Halford is the one who ties together... Oh. The whole priest sound. Yeah. Because once you hear him. You know. Oh, what is priest doing now?
1: <laughs> you know. You and me have talked about this before. Is that there are people who say that. KK Downing. Is the spirit of the band. Those people. Are wrong. Rob Halford is. The blood that keeps Judas Priest alive. I really think he is the. He's the final piece in the puzzle that makes the whole thing work. Like we
0: say, man, you need a great voice to be a great band.
1: 100%.
0: And Rob is not letting up on the gas. He is no slouch on this part of the song. No, he's putting
1: a brake on the gas pedal, and the car is flying at full speed. (laughs) Yo, I like that comparison.
0: (laughs) And even though we say... The song doesn't sound much like Painkiller. Mm-hmm. If you hear Rob's vocals, then you might see the flashes of what's to come. Let's not make fun of KK Downing too much because his solo is pretty baller itself.
1: See, this is the thing that makes Glenn Tipton and K.K. Downing such a legendary duo is that Downing is so perfect to play the solo on the deceiver end of the song because the energy shifts and it becomes more aggressive, a little lighter, and he comes in friggin' wailing on that guitar, and he sends it out with such a bang with that little harmonic at the end of it. Oh, it's beautiful.
0: Glenn and K.K are pretty distinctive from each other, and yet somehow they don't clash. They manage to work together with their two different styles to give the song
1: a real nice bit of diversity. What's cool about the two of them is that they seem to have, for the longest time, been of like the same mind, but with two different people. So they can get their music down to a mirror polish, while having the singular focus of one writer.
0: I think that's a good point. And the team of Rob Halford, Glenn Tipton, KK Downing is very much solidified. And in the beginning, the songwriting credits were a little all over the place. But this is one of the songs that was written by the trio, along with uh, one of the older founding members, Al Atkins where they reused some of the material from the very early days. But that aside, it's the core trio of the band, Rob, Glenn, and KK, that really come together to deliver the most special and coolest stuff that they might not be able to do if they were writing songs as individual artists.
1: Mm. Yeah, there's definitely a unique energy. When people come together, and sometimes they're just the right fit at the right time. And this is very much an example of that. You know, different energies and chemistries coming together to make something that is truly spectacular.
0: You're 100% right, Tom. Mm. Now listen, guys and gals, if you've been following the show, you might have noticed that all the songs we've covered so far, they sound pretty different from each other. And that's one of the things that we're trying to hammer home And it's one of the
1: things that makes Judas Priest so interesting to talk about. The diversity of their sound really is one of the pillars of the band. There's something in Priest's discography for everybody. And I really hope that we've sent home the point with this song that no matter what your music taste is, you can find something that you love with this band.
0: My pop-loving aunt... Has a selection of Judas Priest songs mm. that she knows all the words to, and my death metal loving neighbor has plenty of Priest songs that he loves too. Awesome. So I think you're
1: right about that, my friend. <laughs> you now, you've actually told me before that there's a pretty, a, maybe not a sizable, but a certain portion of people that defend the 70s era of Priest as their best era. It's a big part of the Priest fan base. Maybe not
0: the biggest part, but there's a sizable chunk Mm. who love the 70s albums, Sad Wings of Destiny, Sin After Sin, Stained Class. They can't get enough of that, and that's because when the band was doing this sort of progressive sound, there was nothing else like it, and everything was brand new,
1: and there's a lot of charm to it. Mm. And again, the songs are just genuinely very good. They're fun to listen to, and they do take you to a different place. There's nothing that's less soulful about Dreamer Deceiver than there is on, you know, Painkiller, for example. The spirit of the band is exactly the same. I
0: agree with you, Tom. Mm -hmm. So, anyone who hasn't checked out Mm -hmm. some of that older Priest material, why not start with this one? Dreamer Deceiver Mm -hmm. is a Ripper and the live version. If you search the song live, you'll probably find it instantly because there's not a whole lot of footage from back then. But that live performance on TV, you have to watch it, at least, at the very least, to see what Priest used to look like. <laughs> and come on, Rob Halford with hair, long, flowing, blonde locks? And you don't sister- want to miss that. <laughs> and his sister's blouse.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's jarring and... You should definitely, it'll broaden your perspective on the band, honestly. Just give it a shot. Really do. And I mean like a fair shot. I I have a hard time believing you'll come out of it not loving it. I really do.
0: That is a great note to leave off on. Couldn't agree so- more. Hey, man. Thanks for listening. And, Tom, thank you for doing this podcast with me. I'm Dude, having a
1: ball. I'm loving this. This has been a lot of fun, and I really I think we've got a good thing going here. I do. Yeah.
0: Write us at metalgodspodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com and check us out on social media. Mm-hmm. We're trying to build that up. And, <laughs> listen, thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm. Stay locked in. And keep defending the faith.